The Marlins have done it. This is an emergency podcast, an emergency locked on Marlins. The Marlins have made their first reagent signing of the 2024 offseason, and they have agreed a one-year deal with shortstop Tim Anderson. Emergency pod. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins pod. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. This is your team every day. Yes, it isn't emergency pods every day. We're still here for you, even when there isn't huge news. But today there is big, big news for the Marlins and for Tim Anderson. There is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you hit subscribe over there too. YouTube channel is also called Locked On Marlins, so you can find it pretty easily. If you are watching, you will see I have a guest in town. The UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, is in for an emergency podcast. Is no one working in the UK? It's the question that's being asked, but how are we doing, Sean? I'm not too bad, but yeah, this was perfect timing for me, actually. Yeah, you know, Normally, these are awkward times, either really early or really late, or yeah. I'm not available. So yeah, this dropped right at the perfect time for me, and uh yeah, so, finally a bit of a shot in the arm for the Marlins coming into spring training. Yeah, definitely feels that way. We're gonna there's tons to get into here with Tim Anderson. I've been thinking about him a lot in the last few days and a lot of engagement on Twitter around Tim Anderson as well, which I think has been really interesting. Uh before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, uh, create an account and use the code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase. All right, so. Where are we going first? Well, let's start with the news. And the news being that Tim Anderson and the Marlins have reached a one-year deal. That's what's being reported right now. We don't know if there's any you know, options off the back of that. But at this point, where the assumption is one-year deal, $5 million. We saw a signing a few days ago, Ahmed Rosario going to the Rays, one-year, $1.5 million. Boy, oh, boy. That kind of wet the appetite for Marlins fans working out, okay, if Ahmed Rosario is one and a half, like where's Tim Anderson going to land? But Sean, one year and five million, your immediate reaction on the actual financial commitment here from the Marlins to Tim Anderson. I mean, it's perfect for the Marlins financially, isn't it? And for Tim Anderson, it is a case that this is a, a chance to, to reprove that he can do what he used to do in his prime. He's still mm. only... 31 going into the season so it's not like he's super old and he's got a chance to rebound because yeah last year was was really bad um and he only played half a season in 2022 but but in general you look at this as a uh, a prove it deal he's coming here for one five and for for him and the marlins this is a good mix because for tim anderson he's going to want to play shortstop he's going to want to be the the opening day shortstop get most of the reps and at the Marlins, he's got an opportunity to do that. Mm. Obviously, with the, the 12 guys that the Marlins have got, they're all kind of bandying around now for, theoretically, the, the backup job, uh, which probably makes us all feel a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, for the Marlins, it's a case of you've got a previous star for $5 million. This yeah. isn't an Avi situation where you've got a guy that's coming from his high point 
and then you get his low point. You're signing a guy at his low point, hoping mm. that this is the, the kick up the the backside that he re- he requires. Yeah, I like it. I mean, have we been burned by those uh, uh, buy high situations and commit for multi years? For really, from a Marlins perspective, this absolutely fits the profile, right? A buy low candidate, someone that has a proven over multiple years track record in terms of both offensive and defensive uh, standpoints as well. Equally as well, you know, he's he's definitely got an interesting personality as well. And I think one that, you know, could mesh pretty well into this Marlins clubhouse. So we're going to see. Just talk to me about the defensive side, though, first, Sean, because this is where I want to start and get into. With Tim Anderson, my eyeballs told me last year that he wasn't great at shortstop, particularly the Marlins series with the White Sox. I remember watching and thinking, man, Tim Anderson's kind of struggling here a little bit at shortstop. The numbers as well suggest that he had a tricky season at shortstop. So let's just kind of, you know, debate that at this point. Is Tim Anderson going to be playing shortstop for the Marlins? Almost certainly. I don't think he would have signed if not. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, if you look at last year, the numbers weren't great. And again, in that half season of 2022, again, a little bit of a struggle. But in general, he's he's a league average-ish shortstop from year to year um, at age 31. Is he going to be as good as he was in this prime? Probably not defensively. You mm-hmm. lose that quick, especially at shortstop, you lose that quicker than maybe the bat. This is this last year. I'm going to give him a pass. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that everything that happened last year, um, including getting embarrassed <laughs> um, <laughs> in many ways um, yeah. is, yeah, he's going to be coming back, hoping to, to bury that, a whole year and a good performance at shortstop. And the, the short shortstop defense doesn't need to be great. If his bat returns to that sort of 110, 120 WRC plus with league average shortstop, you're taking that every day. Taking a win. Let's then talk about the positives then from an offensive standpoint and, and kind of look at Tim Anderson, the offensive dude. If we, if we go back to last season, you know, the Marlins just had a real, it was a black hole, literally, offensively at shortstop. You know, Joey Wendell was pretty much out there every day. A few guys kind of cycled into that, but Joey Wendell was one of the worst hitters in baseball. It just didn't happen for him offensively. And so, you know, when we look at, from an offensive standpoint here, what's Tim Anderson going to bring here to the Marlins? And uh, what, you know, if we, let's let's put 23 in the bin. Let's go prior to that. Look at his past track record. What should we be expecting here from Tim Anderson? Well, yeah, if you take that, if you put that in the bin, you're looking at a guy that can go 2020 with a 300 average. Oh, um, baby. That's that's not quite what I would expect this year. It's not quite what's been projected either. I think the power, especially at Lone Depot Park, is probably going to come down mm. to sort of 10 to, to 15. That would probably be the very high point ceiling for me. The speed, I think, a return to 20, 25 bags, especially with with that fire to, to want to get back to where he was, he's going to be running the bases a lot more, in, mm. in my opinion, especially if the power's not quite there. If, if the power's not there, then he needs to make up that value elsewhere. Um, I say make up that value because he is basically promoting himself. He's yeah. going to want to be, he's going to want to finish this season, maybe even get traded to a competitor, depending on how the season goes for the Marlins. <laughs> And then look to sign a, a three, four-year deal because if he returns anywhere close to what he has been previously, um, behaves himself to a certain degree, 
Yeah. That flair, that flair and excitement will work in Miami, but it needs to not boil over. Um, and yeah, he's got an opportunity to really to make a deal for himself. And the Marlins have got an opportunity to to make hay in that situation. They want a guy coming in, trying to really prove his point, and and they're doing it by they're getting it on the cheap, which is perfect. Absolutely. You know, when you when you're taking a vacuum here, really, this is this is what the Marlins should be shooting for. They're shooting here for buy low candidates on prove it deals and guys that have, tr- have a proven track record. Like it makes a ton of sense. Why, why go down the Avicel Garcia situation of four years of, of commitment, uh, you know, over 10 million a year, you know, all of a sudden maybe the juices aren't flowing as strongly there for, for those guys. So, you know, you get in the young guys, the young hungry guys, we saw it with Saleh last year where effectively was on a, a contract year. Cause he knew he had the low, the low kind of final year. And that that played out. He goes away, signs his you know his three year deal in in San Fran. All eyes will be on Soler. Like, what does Soler look like next season? And you know, will this become more of the norm? I think though, Sean. I think you know we've got a new front office now. Peter Bendix running the ship. Like, are the Marlins forever now going to be in this situation where it's going to be primarily, you know, buy low, one year deals for guys that they can extract and and realize value from much lower than the five million they invest in like this is this the new normal i guess i think it makes sense i think it is a case of you are looking at guys that have that track record you're not hoping on a guy finally making it or busting out this dimension has been there and done that he's yeah. he's proven that he can be a four war player consistently above four mm. war player consistently mm. and having him bounce back is perfect that is a case of the marlins can't pay free agency probably they can, but they won't. It's, <laughs> I'm always going to mm-hmm. preface that. The, the Marlins, with the with the budget that Peter Bendix has given, he, that's the way to do it. You can't pay eight million per war because the, all of a sudden you run out of money very quickly. Yeah, Tim Anderson can quite easily return two plus war by just simply being himself. Just yeah. need to bounce back to be that star, that 2020 20, 300 guy, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle, ten. A 10 20 280 guy with somewhat good defense that's a two and a half war player every day of the week yeah. on five million you're you're getting value for your money and and that's how he's going to have to work he's going to have to draft and develop and when he does pay in free agency he's going to have to get value and that's what tampa do all the time yeah so there is a there is a blueprint here and it's it's depressing because that blueprint is going to take some time it's going to take five. It's going to take five to eight years. We're going yeah. to lose all those players that we currently love, and we're going to have to learn to love new guys. But once that's in place and it's working, then it's it's, it's year after year after year like we see at Tampa. It's yeah. just going to be a, a slow slog. So right now, for me, the Marlins making moves like this that can bring a little bit of excitement, a little bit of pop. That's perfect for me because I know that we've probably got a few years of an exciting baseball ahead. So mm. let's get this excitement into the team when we can. For sure. Do you think the Marlins fans are going to love Tim Anderson this year? I think it depends on how he performs, isn't it? That's <laughs> what it's going to boil down to, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird because you look at last year and obviously the, the previous year is the most important year because it's, it's the one we've seen most recently. But mm-hmm. there is that track record and that's what the Marlins and, and us as fans are going to have to hold on to and hope for. And and if it doesn't work out, then what have the Marlins really lost? Um, as, yeah. as fans, we we don't care if they spend money. Um, 
trying and it doesn't work out. Like yeah. this is a, this is a tailor made move for the Marlins. If they didn't make it, I would have been significantly disappointed. I'm far happier that they tried, and let's see what happens with it. Um, and yeah, it's, it is a case of the team should be better with Tim Anderson on it. For sure, there's tons more to get get into here. I'm really interested to think about you know where he can slot in a lineup if indeed that matters. Equally, what are the ramifications here? Like who's impacted by this deal? And to your point, we spoke about it, the spring storylines to watch, Sean. You know, you were asking the question. The first question you asked was, is this it? Well, we've answered it. No, this isn't it. But, I'm, you know, I think it's right that we ask the question again. Is this it? And who knows? Maybe it isn't. Uh, but this, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. Yes, sir. And you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all in prices and views from your seat and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And that's the beauty. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, all in prices show your total up front, so you know what you're getting, and you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Just two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On for twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. All right, guys, welcome back. Here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, on a Tim Anderson emergency podcast. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Marlins have opened their, they've opened their wallets. They have finally signed a major league contract this offseason, and it was Tim Anderson one year for $5 million. Sean Barrett, in segment one, calling out that the potential here is Tim Anderson to play at least league average shortstop and... 2020 offensive production whilst hitting 300 or above. Boy, oh boy, for one year at 5 million, that seems like an absolute winner for the fish. We'll wait to see. Um, Sean, I guess the next question here is, who's this going to impact and how does it impact things? I think if we look back, I think the most obvious impact really could be John Birdie because it felt like Birdie was the one that was probably slated to take reps every day right now at shortstop, does this just simply mean Birdie reverts back to his previous super util role or is Birdie on the block? I've heard people talking about Birdie as as in if there was a trade for a shortstop or if they signed Tim Anderson that, that he would probably get traded. I would be surprised, firstly, if that was the case. I'd also be quite disappointed, I think. Me too. For, for as much of an improvement that Tim Anderson brings to the team, losing Birdie is... is equivalent to that as a loss yeah we i spoke the other day with you about the idea that Bertie always falls into 400 at bats i still think with a tim anderson signing he still falls into 400 at bats so we've heard skip talking about move cycling guys in around to get into the dh role give them a day off that's perfect for guys like arias and burger Bertie can play second or third he can fake it till he makes it there he can fake it till he makes it in the outfield to a certain degree as well. He'll find yeah. he'll find 400 at-bats and deserves to get 400 at-bats in this lineup. 
So I would be surprised if he moves. The, the loss is going to be the other guys. It's going to be those backup guys that we were, quite frankly, hoping to get some performance from. Yeah. Now we don't need to hope so much. We don't need two or three of them to perform. We only need one of them to perform because yep. Tim Anderson and Bertie are going to take up most of that time. It will be a case of most of these guys are probably going to be down in AAA and they'll be the next men up now rather than getting consistent major league at-bats when probably they either A, don't deserve it or you really are just hoping for something. I'm completely with you, by the way, on John Birdie. Like his his value is as that super util dude and you know everyone needs a John Birdie. So why acquire a Tim Anderson and then make yourself worse? Because you are going to need a John Birdie for, well, two-thirds of the season at least, um, you know, and, and and move him on. I know, like, okay, he's earning, like, a bit of money, but less than Tim Anderson. So I'm with you. I, th- I feel Birdie's like a, a vital cog in the Marlins' wheel here. To your point, I think the impact becomes more about, you know, that the, the bench rolls and that that fight for shortstop. I called it out, like, what's happening at shortstop? Uh, earlier on in our spring storylines, maybe that kind of cuts it dead now. We know what's happening at shortstop. Tim Anderson's in. He's going to play shortstop. Let's hear from Skip Schumacher on that specifically because, you know, I believe in the WBC, Tim Anderson played a ton of second base, uh, if I recall correctly, and then obviously went back to shortstop with the White Sox. So assumption at this point is he plays shortstop. The Marlins clearly need a shortstop. Tim Anderson fits that. Um, But it's more like, Xavier Edwards, I think, is probably the one that, that may feel this because of he does have those minor league options. Now, obviously, they have Bruhan, no minor league options. Nick Gordon, it feels like, is taking most of his reps in the outfield too, again, which is another interesting wrinkle here to spring um, and something to watch. So, you know, I think this is a really fascinating signing and one that I think just makes a ton of sense, clearly. Do we think, from a Tim Anderson perspective, do we think this is just a single year? You know, look ahead. Do you see him being a Marlin in 25, let's say, Tim Anderson? I'd be I'd be very surprised if if he is in any way a good enough year to deserve an extension or mm. the Marlins going, we want to sign you long term, if that's it after the season, he'll he'll go through the free agency. No doubt. Unless unless a number was enough to be enticing. If he has a good first half, but it's not really great, and the Marlins go, look, it's good enough for us and, and you want to do a couple of extra years, I still think he'd go free agency. And I don't know. Yeah. So I'd also have no faith in the Marlins actually no. extending that no. kind of offer to him anyway. Um, I think this is just the one year, uh, and he'll go into free agency pretty much no matter what. Um, or who, if he has a really good season in the minors trading because the rest of the season is not going well, he might sign with the, the new team an extension. But yeah, on a prove it deal, you're pretty much trying to get yourself to free agency, aren't you? you? You'd assume so. It kind of feels like, like I liken this in some ways to that Cody Bellinger situation last off season. Like uh, it was a bit of a buy low situation for the Cubs. They get it wasn't quite this buy low. Um, but Bellinger then rocks into the Cubs, blows it up, and now, well, he hasn't signed yet, so we'll wait to see what that becomes. But, you know, he's expecting to sign a multi-year deal back at the levels, like not quite MVP level. But, yeah, you're right. This is most likely a one and done. Uh, and clearly, to your point as well, if things do go sideways here for the Marlins more generally, you know, he's going to be a movable asset, I would say, at the deadline um, as well, if, if indeed they want to go that way, depending on performance, clearly. When I sit back and reflect on this, the fact that, we're sitting here now on the 22nd of Feb, 
heading into the 2024 campaign. And somehow the Marlins have got Tim Anderson as their, sh- their starting shortstop. They haven't had to trade away any pieces and they're only paying him $5 million. If I If you would have said that to me a year ago, I would have absolutely snapped your arm off for that, to be honest with you. Like it felt the most improbable situation. I think a lot of us were looking at Tim Anderson at that point because the Marlins were clearly starting to ascend a bit. We knew Kim Ang was aggressive with her trading patterns and his kind of uh, his control clock with the White Sox was was shrinking. And so you, I looked at him and thought this could be a great opportunity for the Marlins. They ended up getting Jake Berger clearly as well. But, you know, in the end, you get Tim Anderson, a two-time um, uh, all-star, seventh in MV, MVP voting one year. You've got a guy with a proven track record that's coming in hungry, wanting to succeed, and with a clubhouse that seems to be open as well. You've got Jazz Chisholm Jr. retweeting the life out of all of all of his tweets. Jake Berger's spoken specifically about Tim Anderson and gave him what I would say was a glowing reference as well. So clearly the players and the guys that were on the roster too, Sean, I think this is a really big indicator. Jake Berger, Jazz Chisholm, I don't know if anyone else has spoke publicly about him. Maybe some will after this. But, you know, the players giving him an endorsement too, which I think is really encouraging, to be honest with you, when you're kind of bringing in a new guy into the clubhouse, prove it deal. For me, that's the kind of sign I want to see. What about you? Absolutely. We've heard in the sort of in the negotiations and the talk, there's been a lot of talk about Tim Anderson maybe being a bit of a, a bad locker room guy. So for Berger, mm. who has specifically played with him, and yeah. not just not only said that he's not a bad influence, that he's actually a good influence. He's a leader, someone who's helped Berger with certain aspects of his game. This is this is huge for the Marlins. You can bring yeah. in a guy that He's going to want to come in, isn't he? And he's going to want to look like the the, the team leader. He's going to want to put guys under. Jazz is a perfect situation. Put no Jazz man. under your arm and, and show him, you know, some of the aspects of what he's done in this game because their their profiles are very similar. Yep. Power, speed. The batting average isn't quite there with Jazz, but the profiles are similar. Strikeouts are high. Yep. Walks are low, yeah. and somehow Tim Anderson's made it work. So yeah. maybe it is a case of Jazz might not ever quite work out how to get those strikeouts to a low enough level that he can hit 300. But if he can get closer to 300 than the the 240, 260 that we're seeing, this is key. And and I think those two rubbing off against each other would be fantastic. And and the vibes yeah. in the in the clubhouse as well could be, could be super. And and that matters. That matters a lot. I mean. When you've got a good clubhouse and it's rocking and, and you're feeling good and you're playing good, this is this is what we as Marlins fans in what is essentially a holdover year. If you look at them, there have been no moves more or less in the offseason. This is we're doing an emergency one late into February because they've finally done their first free agency signing. I know. So it's a holdover year where we know they're probably we'll be lucky. We'll be, you know, we'll be lucky to be looking into September and having competitive games, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. on the way to that, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this team. And, and this very small move, co- comparably to, mm-hmm. to the, what everyone else has done in, in Major League Baseball, this one small move does definitely move that needle a little, quite a bit. Yeah, definitely a, a needle mover, I'd say. And man, again, just looking at you know Peter Bendix and what he's assembled here and what we've seen, it's very interesting the type of... Uh, player profile that he's been acquiring. You know, Tim Anderson, the latest in there, but, you know, Vidal Bruhan, very interesting profile. Nick Gordon, very interesting profile. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's it, it's, it's 
the furthest you can get away from a Dan Vogelback, let's say, um, you know, when you're, you're kind of proper boppers, it's a lot of, you know, upsides, a lot of tools, a lot of skills. But equally, you know, to your point as well, this clubhouse is going to be really interesting. You know, not already you've got in there Brian De La Cruz that looks like one of the biggest jokers in baseball in, in a good way. Um, Jesus Sanchez looks a lot of fun. Jazz, um, you know, Arise is, is, is a top dude. Bell's a real nice dude. Berger's a dude. Tim Anderson's in there. Xavier Edwards, like, all of a sudden looking around thinking, this feels like an amazing mesh from the outside looking in. I've not been in the clubhouse personally, so I can't directly talk about that. But it feels like a really good mesh, which I think is is as critical because we kind of saw, like, Tim Anderson seeing it firsthand. Like, last year, things went sideways quick for a team that should have been good. And frankly, from a Marlins perspective, we've seen it in 22 when things went sideways quick for a team that could have been and should have been better than it was and ended up being putrid. And so the clubhouse vibes, if they're off, it can really impact the teams. Let's finish up in a second uh, and talk about where he might kind of slot in in terms of uh, the lineup. You know, is he going to be a leadoff dude? Is he going to be bottom of the order? Like, where is he going to fit into this uh, generally? But before we do that, final ad, and we'll get out of here on this emergency podcast of Tim Anderson. And you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, guys, final segment here. The emergency podcast, Tim Anderson signs one-year deal with the Marlins for $5 million. Uh, UK goat Sean Barrett in the house with me, Peter Pratt. Talk to me about Tim Anderson then and where he's going to slot into this lineup. Um, you know, there's Soler's not around at the moment. They don't seem to have replaced Jorge Soler. Does it feel like Tim Anderson's going to be somewhere at the top of this order, at the very top, do we think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a case of you're looking at the top of the lineup for sure, whether that's one or two. Now, I said earlier that he doesn't walk a lot, which which is true. Um, but his OBP, because he hits 300, tends to float around that 340, 350 mark, which, mm. to be fair, is only bested by Arias and Bell last year. Obviously, Bell's going to be in the middle of the lineup with that power. Arias yeah. was, yeah, he was hitting at the top of the lineup. We saw Soler quite a bit down at, at two, didn't we? Or up at two, I should say. Yeah. Um, so that might be a good fit. All depends. If he's hitting 240 and he's struggling, then his OBP, because he doesn't walk a lot, is going to be around 260, 270. You mm. can't have that at your top of the lineup. So it depends on how he hits. If he's hitting yeah. well, then he's going to be near the top of the lineup. I, I don't see the power enough to say that he can hit in the middle of the lineup especially at Lone Depot Park. And if he's selling out for the power, you lose that average. I say that his best opportunity for value is to hit for contact and then use your, your, your speed on the bases. That's yeah. the best way to derive value for me. So I think top of the lineup. If he goes through some struggles, then, yeah, you could probably see him down at the bottom of the lineup. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe that false lead off at nine as well. It depends yeah. on how Bendix wants to run the team, if it's going to be a more sabermetric uh, team, to be honest. So... I would imagine that low OBP guys like Jazz, for example, won't be at that top of the lineup. So for me, I would put him one or two. Um, I'd prefer him probably, at, if he's hitting well, I'd prefer mm. him at one, Arias two, because Arias, while he's got that OBP, 
op- and, and the average, there's no speed there. So there isn't. That's the problem with the rise, isn't it? Like yeah, there's there, there's limited speed. Like you know, he's going to be plonked, you know, plonked on first base, you know, second base at best, I guess. And um, you know, it's a different situation with with Tim Anderson ahead of him. Perhaps you know, he can maybe get on base. You know, get the get the wheels going. I'm I'm really interested to see how the Marlins run in in 2024. It was it was a bit of a weird campaign in 23, and just the the the, the base running really kind of was impacted and it really impacted I, it, in a way I didn't expect. Uh, obviously, there was maybe some health issues and obviously like the, the makeup of some of the guys, which again is interesting what kind of Peter Bendix has added here. He's added a lot of guys that can that can do many things, both offensively, defensively and, and on the bases as well, which I think is really interesting. Final one that we'll get out of here, Sean. I mean, Tim Anderson with the Marlins, one year, $5 million. You know, how do you, how do you grade this one from a Marlins perspective? I think, given the circumstances of where we are in the off season, this is this has got to be a B plus. This is this is a, a move that, like I said, moves that needle, improves this club. It's mm. it's the hole that needed fixing, and there weren't many great shortstop options. So yep. they they filled it with a potentially um, high level player, that two to four war player on no money. This this has every opportunity if it's a bounce back. You could argue it's one of the best free agency moves of the off season. Mm-hmm. Who has one final, literally the final one? Then we're out of here. Who has a better season, war season, in twenty four? Tim Anderson and Miguel Rojas. <laughs> oh bless him! Um, it's going to be Tim Anderson, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the, the, Miggy is, you know, he is what he is. He's a defensive star. He is. And an 80 grade shortstop, they don't grow on trees. Yeah. Um, when in his career he hit, then yeah, he the has got amazing value from him. But right now that, that hit tool is is lacking, and it's only the defense that keeps him literally employed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On a super team as well, we have to say. So uh, maybe they can offset some of the, the, the offensive struggles, perhaps of Miguel Rojas and, and the Dodgers. Um I think it is a perfect fit, frankly, and the contract is a perfect fit. And these are the types of deals that I think as Marlins fans, we will become super accustomed to moving forwards. Tim Anderson is going to roll into Miami on a team that made the postseason in the five seed, by the way, that made the postseason. And he is on a one year prove it deal. And and boy, oh boy, listen, Tim Anderson is going to be bang up for it. Bang up for it. He is going to want to, deliver. And I think this is the perfect landed spot for him. It's the perfect signing for the Marlins, to be honest. Uh, and frankly, I see no downside of this one. I see a zero risk situation. If things start very slowly and, you know, it's it's a bad situation, then you just move on. It is what it is like if things have dropped off. But I don't believe that to be the case. I think we're going to see a massive Tim Anderson bounce back. Whether it becomes a 2020 season, I don't know. But I mean, if the Marlins get 2020 over 300, from Tim Anderson, then this will be looked at as one of the best free agent signings in the whole of the 23-24 offseason. Um, so yeah, I'm extremely enthused by this one, to be honest with you. I think there's a few of the guys that are probably feeling a little bit unhappy uh, about this, you know, Xavier Edwards perhaps, but I, I feel like this shouldn't impact John Birdie. I feel like Tim Anderson's going to slot into the role. Birdie will slot into his role. The question for me now becomes, and this is the one you asked, Sean, is, is this it? What does the DH spot look like? That's the other main vacancy. Soleil's gone. I know they've spoken about it. 
We're going to, you know, a full season of Berger and Bell. Can that replace Hoy Soler? I think the answer to that is clearly no. I think the answer to that needs to be J.D. Martinez or someone of that ilk. You add J.D. Martinez into this, and next thing is the Marlins lineup for me is transformed. Tim Anderson and J.D. Martinez, the Marlins rotation, this team is bang live in 2024. Guys, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen. Emergency podcast with my UK goat, Sean Barrett. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow to dig into probably further further fallout from the Tim Anderson news as we start to piece this together. This has been recorded immediately after the news dropped. So hope you enjoyed this one. I'll see you guys very soon.